All right, everyone. Hi, uh, welcome to the January 12th, 2022 um, select board meeting. Um, I just wanted to, before I forget, make an announcement that um, we had an executive session um, this evening at 5 p.m. Uh, virtually, and that session has not um, ended. So we voted to table that meeting. And after this public meeting, we'll be re-entering executive session. So I'm just um, notifying um, anyone who's tuning in. Um, for the record, um, just to be clear about what's happening with the executive session um, from 5 o'clock. So anyway, thanks for um, joining. And um, tonight, we have a relatively short agenda. Um, that, as usual, uh, we'll be starting with public comment. So um, people can comment. Uh, Ali, can they join as? Um, they want to raise their hand. And raise their hand. Yep. Um, otherwise, you're welcome to um, email me at um, pttitcom at swampscottma.gov. Um, and I will check my email to see if any questions come in. And I believe that's the only, those are the only methods, right? Today? Yes. Okay. I wasn't gonna, you know, highlight that I was asking a question, but thanks for thanks for confirming. Um, okay, so I don't see any questions at this moment unless I'm missing something. Um, so no public comment right now. If anyone um, joins and has a question later, um, we can come back to to him or her. So um, the next is our town administrator's report. Turn it over to Sean. Thanks. Thanks, Polly. Um, you know, <clears throat> as we've done with uh, every one of these reports for the last uh, really two years, um, we're starting with an update on uh, COVID-19. So uh, we continue to see a, a pretty staggering increase in the number of cases. It's the reason why we're on Zoom. We're trying to really uh, keep everybody safe. It seems like, you know, every department is dealing with uh, another uh, significant number of employees that are uh, out with COVID. Um, since December 25th, we've had uh, 541 cases in Swampscott of, of um, COVID-19. Uh, and so uh, those numbers don't uh, include the number of rapid test kits that folks have been taking uh, to determine whether or not they have COVID. Um, you know, and, and we anticipate that, you know, we could have uh, hundreds more that have been identified and are just taking the responsibility to self-quarantine uh, or isolate as we deal with another wave of uh, variant. Uh, it's our hope that, uh, you know, we're going to see a peak over the next uh, week and we'll start to see our hospitals uh, start to see less uh, impact, but we, we do want to encourage everybody to continue to wear masks and to be uh, careful uh, in indoor spaces and give yourself the distance to uh, just protect yourself. Um, the uh, transmissibility of the um, Omicron variant is uh, many times greater than um, COVID-19. And we're, we're, we're really worried about folks that are uh, vulnerable, that have comorbidities. So, so just do your part. And I think Swampscott's done a, a really good job with that. But just want to highlight that. <clears throat> Pleased to report that we've hired Christina Williams uh, as our new customer service representative uh, in our 
customer service office. Christina has a, a strong background in customer service and banking and has made an immediate positive impact. Um, we are busy with uh, hiring for our police and fire departments out of civil service. So uh, our police department had uh, 45 applicants uh, as part of this round. Uh, and uh, we had uh, seven individuals move, moving forward to an oral board phase, which includes two Swampskit uh, citizen stakeholders, as well as several of our uh, police officers and uh, Chief Kurz from this process. Finalists will be moved forward um, through a, a, a process and ultimately uh, presented to me for uh, appointment uh, over the next few weeks. Our fire department uh, has had over 140 uh, individuals uh, reach out and show interest in joining the fire department. I think that really reflects a tremendous uh, recruitment effort uh, by Chief Archer, <clears throat> members of the fire department. Uh, on Saturday, February 5th, we will have a written exam uh, at the high school and there'll be a physical aptitude test following that exam and oral board interviews uh, and um, three finalists will be uh, presented um, uh, as part of the process for a final interview with uh, the town administrator. So um, I also have engaged an HR um, uh, firm um, <clears throat> as part of a Clifton uh, Larson Allen um, uh, work in municipal auditing to come in and conduct a human resources assessment for Swampskit. I uh, conducted a similar assessment uh, four years ago um, <clears throat> and uh, CLA will come in and do a compliance assessment. They'll review state and fed federal regulations that impact uh, HR record keeping and reporting and HR program administration and payroll uh, benefits assessment. Uh, they'll take a look at our plans, our compliance, uh, reconciliation and reporting. Uh, our Fair Labor Standards Act, FSLA. Uh, these are often complicated uh, regulations where we have to look at job classifications and regulatory um, requirements. Um, we'll also look at HR function areas, including recruitment practices, job descriptions, compensation, performance management, employee relations, and policies. Uh, following the uh, um, assessment, uh, we will get a report that will help us identify opportunity areas and compliance areas outline uh, where our existing policies and practices uh, could be updated, uh, a number of recommendations for best practices and uh, help us establish a roadmap that will help us continue to improve some of the HR programs and services. Uh, at this point, CLA staff are expected to be in swamps at the week of February 14th, given the challenge with uh, Omicron and um, COVID, um, you know, they're scheduling a little bit uh, out, but uh, certainly looking forward to having them in and uh, conducting that review. Uh, lastly, we're busy with uh, a number of other uh, recruitment efforts, including our assistant DPW director, project manager, uh, town planner, assistant town clerk, part-time assessing clerk, and uh, we're currently um, reaching out and beginning negotiations uh, with uh, our five town uh, labor uh, unions, the DPW library, admin union, police and fire uh, for agreements that all will be uh, up this uh, June 30th. 
uh, <clears throat> we uh, uh, have uh, Assistant Town Administrator and DPW Director Gino Cresta here tonight to discuss some of the public works uh, projects, our sewer and drainage and infrastructure work through National Grid uh, currently being conducted in Swampscott. Uh, we have met and we are developing a presentation that will highlight a lot of this work over the next six months. Uh, I think you know, the um, effort really will be to reach out to neighborhoods and really give them uh, a sense that you know we will be sharing this information uh, many uh, weeks or months in advance uh, to help ensure that folks are not surprised by significant infrastructure work uh, in uh, and around their neighborhoods. Uh, as part of our annual compliance checks this net last November, we had a number of establishments in Swampscott that were issued violation notices. Uh, given that uh, a number of uh, establishments in Swampscott um, were found to be uh, in violation, uh, I am seeking to add a show cause hearing to be added to the select board's agenda for an upcoming meeting. Uh, this will allow the board to vote on whether or not uh, we, whether or not uh, we should or when we should hold a show cause hearing uh, for these uh, establishments. Um, there has been guidance from town council uh, about not discussing any specifics of the alleged violations or penalties um, prior to these hearings. And uh, we want to uh, ensure that we have a due process. And so the board um, will hear from the Swampscott Police Department about uh, their compliance checks uh, of these establishments. And you would then vote on whether or not to uh, have a show cause hearing that would invite uh, the establishments to come in and, and present um, uh, information to the board to then uh, consider as we seek to ensure um, uh, these businesses are compliant. So uh, <clears throat> our all ages committee continues to work um, safely through the pandemic and submitted their year one action plan. Uh, we have a, a, some amazing work happening down at our uh, senior center or our all ages center and uh, the report really reflects a, a terrific roadmap and a number of really um, key initiatives that we will be focused on over the next few years. Really a great accomplishment for Swampscott and excited about the progress being made. Uh, if you are building a snowman or you have some skills with um, building snow, uh, you know, um, projects, you know, we encourage you to take pictures between January 1st and March 1st of your artwork or creation and send it to uh, our rec director, Danielle Strauss at dstrauss at swampscottma.gov. Uh, 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 winners will receive a $25 gift certificate to a Swampscott recreational program. And you can visit swampscottrec.com for all the rules in the different categories. Our senior center, and our library continue to be very busy. Uh, our Swampscott Public Library are offering weekly pop-up libraries at our Swampscott Senior Center. Uh, library staff will bring a selection of books to browse, and uh, you can hear a lot of information uh, about library programs and materials of interest. Uh, they will also register folks with new library cards, and those that want to peruse uh, the shelves themselves <clears throat> can get um, uh, seniors to transport um, uh, to Swampscott Library uh, Monday through Friday, um, 10.30 to 1 p.m. Pre-registration is required to reserve a ride 
you can contact the Senior Center at 781-596-8866. That's my report. Thanks, Sean, that was great. Um, a lot of good stuff happening and it was really detailed, so I appreciate that. Um, does anyone on the board have questions um, for Sean on the GA report? Sean, two questions. Uh, well, one question really. Um, as for the police and fire, when do we anticipate these, uh, you know, these selected individuals to uh, to start within their respective departments? Probably sometime in March or April. There's there's a background process, and you know, there's some you know um, timeline, you know, for you know um individuals if they have to leave positions you know we want we have a little bit of flexibility but generally you know we're looking to have these individuals start as soon as possible um and given the um background and the assessments um typically that's going to take us into march or april thank you likely won't be long before we start another process so if folks are interested i don't want you to think this is you know, you're only um, crack at the, the bat here. All right. Um, any other questions? No? Okay. My expectation is that these uh, new officers uh, will be sworn in, hopefully in person with the select board. Um, hopefully we can get back to um, you know, a uh, swearing in ceremony that really does recognize the importance of, of, of these positions uh, and, you know, the individuals and their families, um, you know, commitment to uh, public service. So it's my hope that, you know, uh, we'll schedule some time for that um, as soon as possible. And on the, um, on the oral board interview portion, um, you mentioned that it's um, officers as well as um, citizens that are on that board. Can you explain how those citizens are chosen? Sure. To, to um, Chief Kurz uh, selected these individuals based on the names that were presented to him by the select board. And um, individuals were, um, you know, polled and, um, you know, he's going to use a number of citizen stakeholders um, in different interviews, um, <clears throat> different times. Uh, he plans to, you know, continue to rotate. No, no. Uh, so he's pulling from that pool of, right. of folks that participated in those charrette um, earlier in the year. Okay. Um, Sean, in terms of the, um, of the, I'm sorry, I'm trying to remember the name of the, of CLA, Clifton Larson Allen coming, uh, assuming that COVID doesn't derail things further, how long do you think um, they'll be, uh, how long do you think their process will take? I think they'll be in for probably, you know, a week to 10 days. And typically they'll come in and they'll just, they'll work. Um, straight up, you know, rifle through everything and um, present a report, and uh, we'll we'll have some action items uh, shortly after. It might be two weeks, given <clears throat> COVID. I don't know if we're going to have to do some things remotely. Maybe it'll be right. hybrid, uh, but 
you know, they're going to be looking at Muniz generally just coming in and, um, you know, looking at files and, and making sure that we have a, a reconciled HR function. Mm -hmm. Okay. Other questions? Sorry, so I have one more about the COVID <laughs> testing. <clears throat> I noticed in an email the other day that I haven't fully read yet. It was just from the state um, about uh, uh, applications for um, COVID tests that they can, I don't know, give communities. Is there, am I misremembering that possible option? I just don't know if um, if I'm if I'm misremembering what that is, or if we've looked into it, or there are limited supplies on that level, or um, so uh, I, if you're referring to the state's um, email about the uh, test kits that are available to municipalities, we have looked at that. I have um, authorized uh, Amy Saro to order uh, a number of test kits. Um, I wanted to provide each town employee with a test kit that yeah. these test kits have too, and I'll get a few additional test kits. Uh, right now, as uh, the state is kind of ramping up some TCR tests, and those are the tests that really uh, can determine whether or not somebody has uh, Omicron. Uh, those are the tests that I really want to see more available. And so we're I'm, I'm discussing with a number of municipal officials ways that we can offer more regional uh, testing, drive-through testing opportunities, similar to what we did uh, you know, when COVID first hit, where we could provide Swampskit residents a chance to go and, and just quickly get a PCR test and get the results, um, you know, sooner that really will have more um, validity when it comes to Omicron. Mm -hmm. okay. Tests are available um, at uh, convenience store or um, drug stores, uh, Many of us have gone out, purchased a number of these uh, yeah. uh, tests, and and you can get reimbursed from your healthcare provider up to eight tests. Um, and you know, it, my my thought is is we uh, work with our insurance providers and and um, <laughs> state and regional testing uh, opportunities. Will, will these home tests won't be as is needed, or perhaps the, the state or federal governments will make these tests much more widely available. And, and we won't have to worry that we, we have to buy them all for $10 a kit yeah. because they're not inexpensive. And we certainly wouldn't have enough to buy um, test kits for, for everybody in Swampskit. Right. All right, well, thanks. All right, thanks so much. Um, all right. Um, so now we can move on to new and old business. Um, first is uh, an update regarding infrastructure improvements and town projects. And I believe we have DPW director and assistant town administrator, Gino Cresta here with us tonight. Hi, Gino. Hi, Polly. Um, so I'll just turn it over to you if that's all right. Sure. Trent, did you have that PowerPoint you wanted to put up or you want me to talk about it? Me? Sean, you're muted. All right, I should have to pay a fine. All right, if you, I, I can share my screen. Um, so we, 
Can you see my screen? We can. All right, let me pop it into presentation. Okay, Gino, you just tell me to click. All right, click. All right, sorry. All right. Hey, Sean, you're not really in the right mode right now. Um, we can uh, see your next slide also, so it's kind of hard to see the slides. So if you want to <clears throat> try to go to presentation mode. It's not really a big deal. Oh, there you go. It is. Good. Thanks. All right. Okay. Before we get to this slide, I'd like to talk about, so right now we're in phase 1C, sewer main rehabilitation project. This is the third phase of the Stacy Book project. We're under consent order from the EPA to clean up the discharge going out onto Kings Beach. Third phase. The plan is, not to repeat myself, but a lot of you know, what we're trying to do is to get the sewage off from discharge and out onto Kings Beach. The way we're doing that right now is we know we don't have any direct connections. So what we're doing is relining the sewer pipes to keep the sewer from exfiltrating out of their pipes into the drainage and then discharging out onto Kings Beach. So as I said, right now we're on phase 1C. The total contract price of this project is $2.2 million. The third project, each project ran in the vicinity of $1.7, $1.8 million. So to date, we've spent close to $6 million on this work. Um, the start date for phase 1C, right there, yep, Rita, thank you, Sean, was March 1st, 2021. Estimated completion date has been pushed out to June 1st, 2022. Project has taken a little longer than we anticipated, but I'm happy with the work to date. Uh, the general contract and National Water Main Cleaning Company has been phenomenal. They're our third contractor in the three, uh, the three phases, and I'm very satisfied with their work. So basically, uh, this project consists of five categories of work. First part is the sewer main repairs. They brought in a subcontractor, which is NNM Excavating. Many of you have probably seen their trucks and excavators on site. They've completed all the sewer main repairs, which is great news. So a lateral repairs, the lateral is the service that runs from the main to the home. We had 74 of those services that needed to be repaired. There were only three left, two of them on Berkshire, one of them on Andrew Road. Um, anticipate them taking one day piece, so they should be wrapped up in three days. Good news is the main and lateral repair work is probably the biggest disruption to this project because that's when they're digging in the street. When you look underneath and we talk about sewer main lining, sewer lateral lining, those are accessed through manholes. So other than having maybe a detour in the street for the, to drive around, there's no more digging in the streets. Manhole rehab, similar. They're gonna be rehabbing 20 manholes. That'll take about a month to complete. They're looking to start that maybe in March, more likely April. Next sheet, John, next. All right, we've seen this before. This is the contributing area or all the drainage that basically discharges into the storm drains or catch basins in this area, ends up collecting and then discharging on into a, a culvert on Kings Beach known as Stacy's Brook. Next slide, please. 
It's just another one right in the area. The pink is was phase one, which was broken out uh, A, B, and C. And as I said, we'll be completed with this by the middle of June, beginning of June. Next slide. Right, so these are the impacted streets and unfortunately they have taken a, a lot of beating over there. Paradise, North Fork, Berkshire, Ellis, Middlesex, Hamden, Farragut, Andrew and Devons. Many of these roads also due to encroachment. A little note here um, on encroachment meant that once while the contractor exposed a gas main or a service, then that line, if it was in cast iron, which most of them are, that cast iron line had to be replaced in plastic. Next slide, Sean. Yeah, that's such an overview of the locations. Basically, the locations being affected are all those streets in the vicinity of the clock school. Next slide. Yeah, um, this is probably on me, I would say. You know, I haven't done a very good job on each outreach into the impacted neighborhoods. I kind of depended on the contractor to do so. He hasn't done a great effort, and ultimately that's on me. So once they start and I have a schedule updated schedule, we will be notifying the neighborhoods of where they will be going next. As I said uh, on that previous slide, it's going to be quite a bit of soil lateral lining and uh, main lining. So we'll make sure that we notify them well in advance. Next slide. Yeah, yeah, that's the one we probably should see. So there was quite a bit of gas main work that was done in this town. The gas company is the bane of my existence really out there. They're tough. You know, I wouldn't allow the contractors to do what they do in the area, you know, drop off a pile of gravel, pile of loam, leave their equipment all over the street. So there's gonna be some big changes going forward with National Grid, because ultimately I have the final say on what they can and can't do here in town because I sign off on their permits. And there was quite a bit of disruption to mainly Berkshire, um, Hamden and Norfolk Ave as well. So the good news is all that gas main work is complete. There are new plastic lines. Part of the problem was <clears throat> when NNM was digging on those streets and they exposed the gas main, they were supposed to notify National Grid that they had encroached on their mains. They did not. It was easy to find where they encroached to because they had paved all their trenches. So National Grid seeing all their trenches said, at this stage, you know, we're better off just relaying the entire main instead of doing this in segments, I agreed. And one other mistake I made that I won't let happen again is I would never allow them to disrupt so many streets. I love make sure that they completed one street at a time before I gave them a second point permit to move on. Well, even though I've been here a long time, I guess I'm still learning. And that's it for the infrastructure work related to the sewer main work, but it probably should address some of the work on the other part of town that related to the gas uh, water main work. Probably most of you are aware that Atlantic Ave right there where that arrow is, we replaced the water main on Atlantic Ave from Humphrey Street down to Blodgett Ave. Once again, due to the encroachment, the exposing, exposing of the gas main, 
National Grid came in and relayed the gas main on Atlantic Ave as well. I'll be going after them for paving money because most of the trenches are in tough shape. Typically what I like to do is I don't like to pave until we complete at least one winter season. Once we do that, most of these streets that I just talked about will be scheduled for paving within the next couple of years. Also part of the water main rehabilitation project, the one street that was left over that wasn't completed this year was Jesse Street. Jesse Street is gonna be getting a new eight inch main that work is scheduled to start tentatively April 1st. Four to six weeks, they'll be off of Jesse Street. That's it. If you have any questions, be happy to answer them. Thanks, Gino. Um, I appreciate all your honesty. You're so sincere. And also, um, of course, you issued permits with more than one street, probably assuming they would naturally do one first and then another. <laughs> yeah. But you've, now we've all learned the hard way, I guess, um, that that's not what that business is gonna, going to do. So um, I appreciate your um, updates and insight um, as well. So um, do board members have questions for Gino? Um, I have a couple of questions um, uh, on the on the sewer, Gino. So that's great that the one C phase will be ending. You said I think in June, scheduled to be completed in June. So can you explain if we can, or and Sean, feel free to chime in, like the how that fits into the ARPA funding we were just awarded, and like what's planned for that and sort of what the next phase would be in terms of our sewer rehab. Would it, I'm assuming it's in that expanded area, perhaps, but um, I'd be interested to know that piece of it. Yeah, I can share a few perspectives. I, you know, um, certainly Gino can chime in as well. I, what, what has frustrated me, Neil, um, about, you know, the challenge with Kings Beach is that you know, we're we're we've got so much information about the the influence of I and I on Stacy's Brook on the Swampscott side of the ledger. We we're completely dark on the Lynn side. Like we don't know exactly where the um, confluence of of impairment is flowing into Stacy's Brook on on that side of the the brook. And so, you know, if there's one thing that we could do. Um, you know, with with some of these funds is to really try to work with Lynn in a way that really helps us get that bigger picture so that we could we could work with our federal partners and really come up with the funding to address it all. Like right now, if we fix all of Swampscott's problems, we still have a beach that's broken, still have a beach that's impaired. And and you know, I it just strikes me as a miss for us not to comprehensively come up with a, a, a existing condition study for what's happening to Stacy's Brook and what's happening to that outfall and, and evaluate the strategies that would best protect the um, water quality. Uh, those strategies include, you know, sleeving all of the sewage and drainage systems that are, are leaching I and I, but it also might include, you know, some treatment option um, or extending the outfall. 
Um, these have been studied and they've been, you know, looked at preliminarily and, and they've, they're costly, but frankly, um, you know, if we don't, if we don't get some numbers to these, it's going to be hard for us to go and ask for, for funding. Um, that said, you know, so we could do another two and a half million dollar project incrementally for the next 20 years and try to figure out how to, how to just keep incrementally solving the problem. But I'm trying to come up with a better way to help address this over the next three to five years, as opposed to 20 or 50, however long it would take at $2 million a clip. So I'm trying to understand though, but so the state ARPA funding that we were, that's been allotted to Swampscott and also Lynn, that's for mitigation to, of pollution of Kings Beach, right? So are you suggesting trying to, lack of a better word, like parlay that into a more comprehensive project? Or what I've used? Um, yeah. Yes. Or are I, you, are I'm you, actually, okay. I would, you know, we have a meeting this Friday um, with Congressman Moulton, with uh, representatives from Lynn Water and Sewer and the city of Lynn to really strategize on, on how can we work on this together? I, like to me, the stovepipe approach where Swampscott's doing its own thing because we've been required to focus on this and perform to a standard in an EPA consent order. Lynn's doing its own thing. Lynn Water and Sewer is doing its own because they're all under EPA consent orders to say that we must do this, but it lacks that overall project coordination. And, and, and frankly, you know, I want to, I want to figure out how, how these three agencies can, can then kind of pivot to the EPA, DCR, and um, frankly, ask DEP and say, hey, where, where are our environmental agencies in, in the mix for how we approach uh, our responsibilities to protect this environmental resource area and, and support the advocacy with our federal uh, representatives to get funding uh, out of federal programs. Like it can't just be this small town saying, hey, we're the biggest voice and, and a chorus of, of stakeholders that have equally uh, an affirmative responsibility to shoulder the environmental responsibilities. Now that two and a half million dollars, frankly, we could just take it and and do another project as 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 emulated, you know, um, and as Gino has ably uh, coordinated over the last um, six years. But I I'm frankly I don't want to just keep doing the same old thing and and continuing to see that beach, you know, become the most uh, closed in the Commonwealth. I think there's got to be a better way, and I'm I'm. I don't, I guess the short answer is I don't know exactly, Neil, um, but I'm, I'm trying to explore alternatives and I'm trying to figure out whether or not any of these funds could match or help us, you know, pivot to a, a broader funding commitment on a state or federal level. Okay, no, that, that's reasonable to me. Um, um, I think that, so I have some questions about, well, I have some questions about the gas stuff too, but I don't know if while we're talking about sewer, if anyone else wanted to ask anything about that, or I could just continue and then we can go back. It doesn't matter. 
Um, so, so, Gino, on the on the gas, was the the recent work was that um, just routine planned work to replace gas lines, or was that sort of like an emergency <laughs> for certain gas lines? Like, are we expecting that type of um, repair and replacement to other gas lines throughout the town? In different sections going forward. I know you said, you know, the approach would maybe be different, but is that, to your knowledge, is there plans to repair gas lines in different sections? I mean, because the feedback I got was people, it's, people were certainly pleased that gas lines are being replaced. Um, it's just the, um, you know, it wasn't done perfectly, but that's that's a construction project. So um, I just didn't know if that's part of a bigger a bigger project that we're aware of that's happening, you know, throughout the next couple of years, five years. So each year now, uh, National Grid gives me a plan on which streets they uh, intend to repair or replace the gas main. This year, the only scheduled repair was on Bellevue Road, and all the work on Berkshire, Devons, Ellisburg was. I guess you could call it emergency work. It was done because of the encroachment by the company that was digging and replacing the saw. Once they exposed that gas main, they had, it's called 220 CMR. It requires grid to come in and replace the cast iron main. Now, if Got they it. exposed the main that was plastic, there'd be no harm, no foul. They could just backfill and move on. But they say any pipe that's eight inches in diameter or less that is exposed by excavation from that point on, a minimum length of replacement of the trench is the width plus twice the distance from the top of the gas pipe to the bottom of the trench. So that averages out to maybe 20 feet each time. And then you looked at, uh, I'm going to just use Berkshire, for example, when the excavation company replacing the saw did eight trenches there. Now you're talking 2,860 feet, which just the decision was made kind of on the fly to just replace the whole gas main instead sure. of doing segments. So what is so so does that imply that any sewer repair that we do going forward in other sections of town will also be doing gas work just by default, essentially, because we will be exposing the, the gas lines? That's a pretty safe assumption. Yep. Okay. I mean, I I, I it makes sense like while you're I don't disagree with that I just um can so I think Peter brought this up you know months ago when we talked about it like what's the plan for the streets that have been impacted by this work because it's not it's not just the trenching in the streets but it's also trenching on the sidewalks which um you know the patching is what it is but it's it's um unattractive um at the very least, um, but also just, you know, um, so I just didn't know how this fits into our street paving plan and also just in, the, in terms of the sidewalks because they're pretty badly scarred with all those lateral replacements. Specifically Berkshire, National Grid will be back because they replaced concrete sidewalks with, with asphalt, which is totally unacceptable. So they know they're coming back to fix those in the spring. The sidewalks they're done pretty bad. I'll look to National Grid to maybe give me some funding for them if they have to come back. I'll try to treat that the same way I do the streets. National Grid owes me a final pavement, which is essentially two feet on each side of the trench all the way down. What I've done with the paths for them is ask them to give me that money 
So I could use that and put it towards paving the entire street. Neil, can I jump in? Yep. So, so Gino, I don't understand, um, especially on bonded streets, yep. why that's all that's happening. I mean, so let's use Berkshire as an example. Berkshire's pavement had barely been down before it was dug up. Right. Totally paved, beautiful street and dug up. And now it may be a couple of years for us to patch it a little bit better, but they've lost literally within a year of brand new paving. And they're not through a normal cycle, wouldn't get visited again for 15 more years. And so I get concerned that we're now, if it, we're not totally funded through third parties since third parties created the problem, we're now using other money and delaying other streets to go back to Berkshire again sooner, putting off other streets. And I just, I'm really concerned. I think Devin's, I appreciate the fact that you said the construction is not going to happen the same way. Devin's was literally like over a month of vehicles, of piles of debris, of things sitting on people's, you know, front yard. Um, it was ridiculous. And, and that street was a little older paving, but probably barely five years old. Farragut was also brand new paving yep. and it's all dug up again. And if to, to your point, and I get the gas main replacement, really important thing, but we're footing the bill for it. I mean, just plain and simple, them just paying you for two feet on either side of their trench doesn't give the people in Berkshire their road back. And they're not going to get a road back for 15 more years because you can't not do other roads to do Berkshire again. So I get really concerned that there really is no direct accountability, dollar for dollar. And, and that goes to Stacey Brook. I'm just focusing on the gas main right now. We've talked about Stacey Brook before, that the town owns that. And not, not the town paving plan, but the, the Stacey Brook project owns that. And I just feel as though I'm just concerned. I want to make sure that we're not tapping, sapping you of resources to do other people's work and therefore delaying and, and, and stuff. And it feels like we are. Point well taken. But what my hope is, Peter, is if I can get National Grid, to, hypothetically, it would spend in the past to be able to fund a third of the street. I'm hoping to pave those streets, the other two thirds, with the Stacy Brook funding, which I understand is still town funding. But at least it's not draining the resources from the chapter 90 and the non-chapter 90 funding that they get from the town. I think what would be really helpful for us is, is to just, I think, have just a better, better transparency in things. I think we, we lose track as to what streets are bonded streets versus not bonded streets. We lose track as to what streets are, are this year because we just don't focus on it. And, and then to also see the dollars come in and go out so that we understand that flow, you know, and, and to see how that's happening and to see, you know, to be able, be able to know that there's a system in place with you and Amy Sorrow, such that the, the right accounts are being charged, uh, that you're holding National Grid accountable and holding them up, frankly. Um, you know, again, I, I'm not quite sure that us picking up two thirds of a bill when the main goes the entire length of Berkshire, they have to do it anyways. And we did, you know, eight spots. We dug it up, and we we're going to pick up two thirds. And the swamp's got taxpayer, but National Grid's going to just, um, you know, go into a bonded street. And I'm purposely pointing out the bonded street because that's where we're supposed to be protecting even more so, right? And because we know that even two feet on both sides, still we still have sagging, right? It's inevitable. I know. I appreciate the fact that you wait because you really need to, but even after you wait, you still have the, the sag of the, of the trench over time. Um, so I, if, if there's a way we can just figure out how to create some transparency, uh, not to create work, but to just make us know that we're not deferring other streets or we're not diluting our ability to repair other streets at the expense of these, because I think it is um, really tough. The neighbors are excited about 
gas line repairs, but they're also not excited about the fact that their brand new street is now totally destroyed and there's no transparency for them as to when that's going to be paved. And I think as part of the knocking on door is repaving and putting the neighborhood back together has to be part of that communication with them. Um, just so they have that, that assurance. I think the people in Farragut felt the same way. Um, people in Bellevue would like to know, okay, great, you did all this work. Now, when are we being paved? Right, that, that's one that wasn't bonded. It wasn't in good condition to begin with. So in some ways, that's a great street to be tearing up, right? So anyways, I appreciate it. Yeah, that's one of the ones that actually worked in my favor. Bellevue was scheduled to be paved last year, but we put it off because we knew that National Grid was coming in to do the work. Well, about that, and I'm sorry if we've covered this, but are they, they don't, I get there's emergencies, right? But not everything that they're doing is an emergency. Do we have some kind of, like, do they have a five-year timeline of what gas line streets they're doing and coordinating that with, I mean, I don't know, with um, your pavement, your paving schedule? And so what's happening right now, Paul, if somebody wants to cut into a bonded street for a non-emergency repair, which would be an upgrade to their gas service or a new installation of yeah, gas yeah. service, then national, I am, the only way we allow them to do it is they go 10 feet on each side of the trench and go curb to curb. There's only a couple of those that have taken place over the years, one of them being on Burrell Street here down by number 40, where the resident decided that they wanted paved a good portion of Burrell Street to have a new gas service put in. Right, but but the but the work they're doing now, notwithstanding the fact that it's regulatory and required, doesn't make it an emergency. It's basically saying National Grid is time to upgrade your gas lines because you haven't upgraded your gas lines. And yeah. so, so frankly, for us to treat that as an emergency to me is just that's not what it is. Yes, we might have uh, caused the timing by opening another thing, but that's that's part of them doing their business. Um, you know, we we sit on calls all the time with National Grid where they talk about anytime we talk to them that they have to bill us back for their time because the rate payer, the rate payer, the rate payer. And I just think it's ironic that they then can come into communities and not pay back communities for, for their time um, and, 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 and their effort. And I really, there, there's gotta be a way for us to, um, to be able to insist upon more and better from National Grid and, and, and related to Polly's question, um, National Grid does have a schedule, but we also have a schedule too for Stacey Brooks. So I would just ask that we refrain from paving streets that we know in the next 18 months or 24 months, we're all of a sudden going to be doing this Stacey Brook project on. Berkshire's a perfect example, right? Uh, and and North uh, Farragut. Now I understand the streets needed to be paved, so I'm not insensitive to that, but we also knew that in short order, we were going to be digging them up. Peter, those are uh, good points. Gino and I have talked about that. You know, we can sync those schedules. We, and, you know, frankly, uh, we'd like to update this presentation and, and really come back and, and present to the board uh, in the community, more more detailed um, information that ties in infrastructure, you know, um, that includes paving, and includes, you know, utility work, includes, you know, um, public and private um, utility work as well. Now we've got to we we can be more strategic about that, and you know, it's our hope that you know we can give the residents a stronger sense of confidence that that you know this can be uh, sequenced in ways that that make sense of course you know we're going to have to remind everybody that sometimes these water mains do break uh, uh inconsistent with our schedules uh and and you know those things do happen but generally you know we can be better with how we coordinate the work 
Yeah, I would just emphasize it's not it's not just um, I mean, we already said it, but it's not just doing better next time, but it's the work that just happened like that's not over. <laughs> and the communication with those streets is not over because they're not they haven't been paved yet. So like just understand for them to know when that's happening, I think is really important. And I agree, Gino and Peter, like I think the the staging in these projects, like on Devon's too, I, it's just like leaving equipment and piles of sand and dirt and gravel just week in and week out. Um, I mean, they must have places to stage stuff like that. Um, that's not someone's in front of someone's house. Um, so it's just, you know, I think that I didn't talk to one person who was having issues with the work who seemed unreasonable. <laughs> I would say it, it really felt like residents understood the work that was happening and, and, and didn't care about that it was happening, but just the process. So um, I appreciate the presentation and, and um, the efforts to, to improve on it. One thing I'll guarantee is we will be better next year or going forward. I can guarantee you that. So um, just in terms of the national grid contract, like you said, you control their, like you allow them to come do the work, right? Um, and I know we've touched on this before, maybe a year or two ago now, but um, can we not require more? Is there... Are there restrictions on what we can require regardless of whether it's considered emergency, not emergency, bonded, not bonded? Is there not like, okay, if you lay a gas line, you're just repaving the whole thing. I mean, not necessarily digging it up and leveling it and whatever, but making it one, it's not just patchwork, you know? I will find out. I'm gonna have a meeting. Well, I'm gonna schedule a meeting tomorrow with National Grid to get to the bottom of a lot of this now. Well, they won't offer what they're, the bounds no. of their legal obligation. <laughs> but, I still have the leverage with the permits. I don't have to issue the permit either. Right, right. Okay, yeah. Because I mean, that's certainly leverage there, yeah. Oh. With the paving too, not just the permit, yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, other questions, comments for Gino? Okay. All right. So it sounds like, um, Sean, your thought is, I'm not asking for a timeline here, but just, I don't know, in a couple of months, maybe um, coming back and kind of giving an update on um, on where we're at with this and the um, streamlining or the... Uh, Aiding. And yeah, I think okay. we can um, update this to include a, a little bit more of a comprehensive overview. I think we'll have some more information um, perhaps uh, about um, Stacy's Brook and, and some of the work that perhaps um, might uh, come into focus um, with, with the two and a half million dollars that we received. So th there, there should be some good um, updates that we can share with the board. And, and frankly, I, I wanna be able to come back with a report on on improved communication efforts uh, that we can roll out um, as early as this week. So I think we've, we've got to get um, better at engagement. And I do think that, you know, we can make some immediate 
um, improvements. So. Great. Um, okay then. So um, thank you, Gina. We appreciate it. And we'll mm -hmm. talk with you soon one way or the other. <laughs> um, so the next item on the agenda is the discussion um, on the comments that the board wants to make on the mass housing to mass. Oh, it's not mass housing, but um, I'm spacing on the correct. It is mass housing. Oh, I thought we had. The other, okay. No, it's the other way around. Yeah. OK, sorry. Um, should have just gone with the, the words here. Mass housing regarding the 40B project for 54 um, Foster Road and slash Archer Street. So hi, Marzi. Hi, good evening, everybody. So I wanted so to we, come in. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go right ahead. No, I was just going to say that I wanted to come um, to come in front of you this evening and just to provide you with a quick update. Um, as you recall, at the December meeting, um, we discussed the fact that the town received a um, notice of a new 40B application that was being presented to mass development by Atlantic Bayview residences. Um, the proposal is for Zero Archer Street with an access off of Foster Road. Um, the proposal calls for 160 units of housing um, in a single five-story building with about 243 uh, parking spaces. Um, at um, the de December meeting, I had also informed you that um, the town has 30 days to comment on the project. Um, I did request a time extension from Mass Housing um, to give us additional time because of the holiday to be able to share our comments uh, regarding this project and to have an opportunity to hold a public meeting. Um, so in December, I've had a discussion with the attorney for the developer who stated that, um, you know, perhaps maybe we can have a meeting on January 13. That would be tomorrow. Um, I had um, checked the schedule to assure that we could accommodate a um, hybrid meeting. Um, the space at the high school was available. We were going to work and um, secure a Zoom link so we can in include our residents in the meeting. Unfortunately, the attorney and the developer um, do not want to have a public meeting. What they requested is a meeting with um, the select board, a meeting with town boards and committees to be able to have a dialogue uh, regarding the project. Um, I stated that, you know, what um, historically what we wanted to do, that this is the developers meeting. We are more than happy to uh, coordinate uh, the efforts, uh, secure them a accessible space uh, for the meeting. Unfortunately, they chose not to pursue that, that route. I did speak with uh, Mass Housing to sort of um, uh, conveyed the message to them that the developer was not willing to hold the meeting. Unfortunately, um, statutory, not, they are not required to, um, to have a public meeting. Um, I also offered to, you know, to, work, to coordinate if they were to wanted to send an invitation um, to, you know, town meetings or anybody else. Um, I offered to share or to provide them with mailing labels, et cetera. And again, they were not interested to have a public meeting. They wanted to have a meeting where town staff and um, the select board would have a dialogue with them regarding the, um, the project. 
Um, uh, David and I had started on the draft of a comment letter. I'm sorry that it's not available for you today. Um, our goal is to try to have it for you by the end of um, this week, uh, this week. Um, so then this way we can fully discuss it or you could fully discuss it um, next week at the select board meeting. So that letter is due on the... Currently the letter is due on the 28th, the extension, we received an extension. So we have until January 28th. Um, it's unfortunate that, you know, we have not had an opportunity to hear from our residents or from the director of others. Um, a lot of the um, uh, residents who live within the area, who live on Foster Road, who live on Archer Street, as well as the surrounding streets are extremely concerned about the project. Um, they have been vocal, they did attend um, the site visit that was held by uh, the developer and attended by Mass Housing. Um, David was in attendance. We had individuals from our affordable housing uh, trust fund. Fire department was there, as you recall, um, because the, the issue um, that continues to be um, is the approach and entrance into the parcel. Right now, the developer is proposing um, access from Foster Road. And as you recall, um, in 2019, the developer was seeking a um, a subdivision to allow them access off of Foster Road into the parcel, but that was um, that petition was denied because it's really difficult to make a left hand turn into the site. It's really tight. There's been um, evidence of um, a lot of accidents within the area, and it's really not a, a walkable or not safely accessible um, site. It's an extremely dangerous, uh, dangerous site. And I, I was on the um, I was on the site visit on December fifteenth. And just for the record, uh, the uh, the neighbors, the abutters of the uh, you know of the project, those uh, living on Foster, Archer, uh, and Eureka, they were not invited uh, onto the site. Um, they were they were strictly prohibited from the site. And uh, Marzi, myself, and and uh, uh, the invited officials were were allowed on. This is an extremely difficult site, mostly on rock. So um, it's going to require significant blasting in a very densely populated uh, area. Uh, according to the site engineer who, uh, who we met with on December 15th, you know, they're talking about site work of 12 to 18 feet of rock just to get this site into uh, some semblance of, uh, of, of level so that they could, uh, they could build. This would be incredibly disruptive uh, to everybody here. And, you know, and really, I, I, I'm just I, I can't uh, I can't state enough about how upset I am that there's no public meeting and there's no uh, there's no ability for uh, for the citizens um, that are going to be in a, in a close proximity and they're impacted not only by the quarry blasting, but by this proposed blasting to not have any any say or not have any questions answered whatsoever. Typically, what they're trying to do is push this on to a select board meeting so that, you know, there's there's a 30 minute uh, or, or 30 minute time slot where some residents can ask uh, can ask some questions. We have to cut off and then, you know, we're the uh, we're the bad guy. So I, I'm continuing to push for them to have uh, a public meeting. Maybe they don't have to uh, statutorily, but, you know, they're coming into our neighborhood and, uh, and, and to our town. Transparency builds trust. And we're just not simply we're, we're simply not seeing it here. So, you know, and, you know, to, to have an agenda item that's going to take 15, 20, 30 minutes during a select board meeting is simply insufficient. So, uh, you know, I hope that uh, 
I hope that the attorney for the developer will come back with some times that work uh, you know, for, for them and we can get something on the schedule. Otherwise, without hearing the feedback from the neighbors, I mean, I think Marzi, it, it's probably gonna be prudent that we seek uh, you know, an, an additional extension because we need, you know, we're gonna need more time to, to communicate with those, you know, with those, with those neighbors absent a, uh, a public meeting. So I just, I, I hope we can, uh, we can remain in contact with Mass Housing and Mike Busby um, and just kind of just hopefully we can work something out with uh, with council for uh, for the developer as well. What are they yeah. wanting to talk about with the boards and committees? I don't, I'm not understanding that. They just wanted to share the um, share the proposal and then um, have, if anything else, the, the way the attorney have conveyed is that they just wanted to have a dialogue in regards to, to the proposal. And, you know, I don't understand what the difference is between trying to have a dialogue with the board versus the residents. Um, and unfortunately, the attorney is really not open to, um, you know, to have an, a, an, a meeting where the residents are, are invited. He almost wanted to uh, to be guaranteed assurances where uh, town staff and town boards, as well as those select board, would be as part of the meeting. Do you think he's? Do you think the intention is um, to try to negotiate something different? Is that? Uh, I don't know what the intent is. I mean, I this is you know my communication on my message to his was that this is an opportunity for the developer to really come and tell the residents and, and tell the community of the project and really seek comments. Um, he was just not open to it and, and just basically stated that, you know, I don't want to be yelled at by the residents. Um, and, you know, we said, you know, we can um, assist you or I mean, unfortunately, people, this is very um, you know, emotional. This is uh, an impact to 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 somebody's home, to their their safety, and um, you know, life. exactly the quality of life. You're absolutely right. Um, and unfortunately, we're at an impasse right now, so there is no meeting as initially planned for tomorrow. Um, I don't know if he'll come back. He did want to see if the select board would allow him an opportunity to come in and, and talk about the project and. You know, so it's really, I, I look forward to maybe directive from you what your thoughts might be on this. I just, I'm wondering why we don't, I, I actually think we should have a public meeting um, with them and just allow people to have comments as long as they want, right? I mean. I mean, it would be, it would be the, the meeting would come, be- They can come to the board, but we're gonna allow public comment, it's our meeting. Sorry, Marcy, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, it, it would be your meeting that would be the developer would be your guest and then you could check, take public comments, I suppose, if you wanted to. Um, so if this is the direction that, that you it think- It sounds like they like would pull out at that point and, and withdraw their offer, but I mean, that's not our problem. I mean, we can only- Yeah, I, I, I also want to make sure that we're not that we're not setting ourselves up to to be in support of uh, of such uh, of such. I, agree. I, I I think it's their burden to really um, <clears throat> look at the health, safety, environmental design scope, uh, and and really listen to the matters of local concern before uh, the select board really steps into uh, in some way here. Um, you know 
those concerns. We, we um, frankly have a responsibility to protect the interests of, of Swampskit. This project as presented um, really um, creates a, a grave incompatibility with a number of important municipal concerns, including public safety and frankly, um, the uh, master plan um, that we've worked hard to try to um, support. You know, we certainly have talked long about, you know, supporting projects that, that really are right for Swampskip, but frankly, there's a lot of, of um, elements of this project that, that give us grave concern. Right. So, so my, my two cents, though, is to Polly's point, is um, we our only official role, official role is commenting um, consistent with the, the regs. So this is our point in time to comment. I do feel it's entirely appropriate for us to hear and learn from those residents about things that I wouldn't be independently aware of because I don't spend a material amount of time in that neighborhood. So I think it actually makes sense to, I'm loath to add things to our agendas here, but I think it makes sense to next week or whatever, whatever time we do, we're, we're putting it on our agenda and frankly, um, the opposite. I, I think we should be absolutely public comment. We should give the, the, the opportunity it should and, be only and, public comment. And, and, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And if the developer, if the developer didn't want to speak, then the developer can speak when we decide the developer can speak. If we want answers from the developer, but but I think right now what I want to do is I, I don't need to have them explain things away. I'm pretty confident in my ability to to read plans and, and listen to neighbors and to understand what the challenges are. Um, but I want I, I think we would benefit from hearing from the neighbors. Again, as long as I understand what the respective roles are here, um, you know, our roles to comment and to express our dissatisfaction or satisfaction as the case may be and, and to request certain things. And I think as though uh, we've shown a willingness to dig deep into these things and come up with some ideas and try and find some solutions as opposed to just be obstructionist. But, um, you know, I, I don't think the intransigence of um, a developer um, and frankly, the ignorant position of an attorney to, to demand who he gets to talk to or not want to talk to because he doesn't want to hear criticism about trying to put 100 plus, 150 plus units in a single family neighborhood. I, I just, okay, don't, don't show up. It's fine. But I do think us giving the opportunity for the neighbors to show up and for us to hear it, I think it's going to make for a better response. I think we're, um, you know, I, I know, David, I'm supposed to be tag teaming with you on kind of the drafting of the letter and once you and Marzi have it, um, please send it to me and I'm happy to do it. But frankly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be better at putting my two cents in when we've heard from the neighbors as well um, so that I can, I can understand it um, better. So, so I would encourage us to do that and not having any sensitivity to what's already on our schedule for next week. So sorry about that. So would you like to, so this will be part of the next week's agenda. Yeah, I defer to uh, Polly on when and how on that. Yeah, I, I mean, Allie, um, I think, I think that, um, I mean, you know, I, um, I reserve the right to have forgotten something very glaring um, about next week's agenda, but um, this is the, this is the most important thing we could do. This is a huge um, concern for the town, for the residents um, in a sensitive area, and I, and public comment is essential. And 
us as a board creating room for that, I don't see anything that could be more important um, to give residents that space. So um, I don't see it, I get like in terms of the technical burden of proof, like I don't look at this as helping them. I look at it as fulfilling our duty to the residents and, and hearing what they have to say and writing a really informed letter. And I know Sean that you don't disagree with that, but um, I don't, I'm not, I'm definitely, we're not doing it for them. We're doing it for, for the residents. So um, yeah, I think again, I don't think that we have, Neil, you have a good memory better than mine. Um, Are you I talking about the agenda for next week? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, we it's fine. prioritize this. Yeah. yeah. There's oh. nothing intense that's gonna have to get booted. I think it's fine. But again, I just want to I just want to emphasize that we have enough time, and I, you know, I I thought a standalone meeting, uh, you know, would provide that, and I, I just want to make sure that we're not glossing over this in 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 thirty minutes and interrupting uh, interrupting neighbors that are in, that are going to be you know making a very very um, very informed and and. and Emotional and, and, and not not emotional, but no informed. I mean, they live in the neighborhood. They, they drive, they drive Foster and Burpee Road uh, every day. They know the they know the challenges with uh, you know with 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 entering and exiting. Um, I see those sight lines too every time I drive down Foster Road. It's 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 tough. Um, it's very tough, especially in the winter. Uh, it's very very tough. So I just want to make sure that we're giving that we're that we're providing those those neighbors uh, plenty of time to provide as as much comment uh, commentary as possible on this uh, project that if approved would you know forever change the you know this this neighborhood. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think we have to press anything else on the agenda. Oh, go ahead. Nick. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say the same thing. I'm not. I think we can clear the decks <laughs> essentially probably right, next week, and I I think I'm more concerned about getting the word out and making sure people understand that it's happening um, for one, cause it's just a short time frame, And um, also it's a lot of people. And so like just posting the meeting, you know, I, I think that's going to fall on, on you, Marzi and we, staff, we can do so. a mailing. Um, we can do a formal mailing just to alert um, the residents of the application and of the meeting. Direct them to our page, to our uh, project page, so then this way they can have an opportunity to take a look at the application um, and attend the meeting. Um, and would you like to do? It depends. I mean, will we meet virtually, or is this going to be? Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. Okay. Marzi, is that enough time, Marzi, to do a mailing for a meeting next Wednesday? Well, you know what, we can, I can work on it tomorrow. We can get the, um, we can get the notices out. Um, yeah, just let me know how I can help also. Okay. I have, I have some email addresses of, uh, of some of the neighbors. So, I mean, if we can, if we have, uh, if we have materials that, you know, if we have materials that have been submitted from the developer, we can, you know, we can certainly circulate that uh, and kind of, you know, work through a grassroots so just so I'm, I'm going to suggest a couple of things. Uh, first of all, Marzi, I think David's a great check for what the radius of who should be getting the mailer is. I do not think the 40B um, required mailing list is sufficient in any possible way. So I would ask us not to use that ever as, an, as a true way to communicate to neighbors because it's just too rigid and too limited. So just ask you to work with David on, on the radius. Yep. Uh, the, the second comment I have is I would ask that the communication make clear that the reason we're saying next week is because upon hearing from you tonight that the developer has decided not to hold a meeting tomorrow as originally hoped, uh, we decided that it was necessary to give the neighbors an opportunity to share information that we wanted to hear information so that they understand 
you know, uh, temporally why, why tonight we're talking about something for next week. Um, we had hoped last we had talked as a board that this community meeting was going to happen. Um, fine, the developer has made their decision. Um, and, and we've now made our decision. And so I think them understanding that, and again, uh, David and I, I'm sure are happy to work with you on the wording of that, but I think it's important for them to understand why this is coming about now. This is in direct response to the developer deciding that, that they, he, she um, didn't feel like they needed to have a dialogue with the community, which we found unacceptable. Yep. Um, Ali, totally agree, thing, Peter. Yeah, and then uh, one thing maybe, Ali, if I can help you is if we could just do a robocall in addition to um, to doing the mailings. So then yeah, this way, absolutely. Um, Marzi, I'll come, I'll come to your office tomorrow morning and we'll sort out how I can help you with all of that. Excellent, thank you. Yep. And then I guess just not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but then at the meeting, if the developer's not there, Marzi, are you going to go through the project and the plans? I mean, who, how are we explaining this project, the details of it um, to anyone? Or are we just saying, here it is? You know, I'm just what what we know about it right ahead. now. Um, I mean, the the project is when you look at the application, it's really not fully, there's not a lot of detail in it, right? It's just the, the just of it. Um, similar, if you recall how when the Elm, Elm, Elm Place project came in, it was just, you know, sort of here's a box there, the developer is looking to put in um, a structure and you know right now we know that this is going to be a single um, single structure five stories um, you know five stories tall underground parking um, 160 units of housing we do have the mix of units out there um, you know what the breakdown will be um, I do believe 20% of those units will be affordable um, you know right now a developer is stating that you know 243 parking spaces um, and the approach would be through Foster Road. Um, I mean, we can pull out the images and the information from the, the application and share it with residents, um, obviously for, for, for the comments. Um, one thing that I did reach out to, um, you know, to Mass Housing that if this, this project were to receive the project eligibility letter, that we once again, we will have a consultant that will assist us with the process or will assist the uh, Zoning Board of Appeals um, with the, the permitting process. Okay, so, um, so we'll clear the deck. I like the expression, Neil, thank you. Is that what you said? <laughs> um, for next uh, Wednesday. 6 p.m. Um, we've got a coordination of all of the different outreach efforts we're going to make. Thank you, everyone, for doing that. Um, just a clarification. Just a clarification, Polly. I'm sorry. Um, do you want me to reach out to the developer and the attorney to see if they wanted to attend the meeting, or is this? Oh, I just... think we should take them up on their offer. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. I will. I will certainly do that. Right, everybody. Is that? I mean, I, we're listening I think we budget. should let them know. I think we should yeah. let them know that we're going to be discussing the project next week, and we're we're requesting public comment. And if they want to join the meeting, then they can, right? Because well, we're answering their request. I mean, this is, they're probably listening we're not inviting them to, the, strategy, to present the project. We're we're inviting, we're inviting residents to, to comment on it. Correct. 
That's how right, I feel but... about it. We already asked them. They we, they already said they don't want to have a community meeting. And so we're having a meeting about their project and we're asking public to comment. So I think we should let them know it's happening. I do too, but technically we are doing what they're asking, which is a meeting with the board. I mean, we'll hear from them. That It's not like they can't present what they wanted. My understanding was that it wouldn't be that they can't present what they wanted to present to us. We can listen to that. It will help give even more information and get better feedback. So, um, but whatever any, I don't want to unilaterally decide that. Don't all jump in at once. <laughs> Should I call individual names? Is that what's going to have to happen next? What does anybody want? Okay, then I think we should invite them to the meeting. They can present what they want to present. And I think then we have as much public comment as it takes um, to people get, you know, share their feedback. And that's the agenda basically, right? Okay. Okay, so I'll invite the, the, um, the attorney, the, the developer. Uh, we will do a robocall and we will send out notifications. I will work with David to assure that we have the, um, all of the streets, all the, the neighborhoods are included um, and um, we'll work with Ellie and, and try to get those out tomorrow or next Wednesday, the 19th. Thank you. So the 19th. Thank you. I just saw the comment. There's a comment. Um, okay. <laughs> all right i think we covered that um all right so thanks so much marzi we appreciate it thanks so we'll marzi touch very soon see you see you next week um all right so um the next item on the agenda is the second reading of the assent agreement and lease between national grid and the town of swampscott um peter i think you're going to speak to this i don't believe we have um any updates to the language that we saw last time, but I'm, you can give us more details on that. No, I'm going to ask that we table this and bring it forward on another agenda in a future meeting. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Um, okay. Last major item, well, no, last item on the new and old business is um, a discussion of select board 2022 goals. Um, so, I have initiated this idea. Um, I think that, um, and I'm, well, I'm open to, I'd like to have annual goals set as a board, um, both as a collective board um, for policy, you know, decisions and goals that we have, but also um, just sharing. I mean, we're not going to sit there and point fingers and hold each other accountable, but individual personal goals as individual board members between meetings and such that on efforts that we are working on that or would like to work on and get accomplished, um, that's with obviously within the realm of the select board um, as individual members um, throughout the year. I am open to this making more sense um, from fiscal year to fiscal year as opposed to calendar year to calendar year. It's not it's not intuitive to me when I break it down more why it would need to correlate, but I can also see just on a practical level it, with, you know, town meetings and such that it, it could make more sense in the end. But given that it's um, January and I'm up for, 
maybe re-election in April. I'd like to get this started in case I have four months left. Um, I'm joking, but um, I, I do want to start this now. I don't want to wait till, uh, you know, I think it's just better to start it now. So um, with that, um, I I guess I'm open to people's thoughts. I, I, I guess it might be a little bit abstract um, for people if they don't want to go first. I mean, I can give some general ideas, but um, I wonder if other people have thoughts on what their uh, goals would be for the board. Now this would be, I'll just say this also, in terms of our goals for the board, it would be stuff that we were, as the board collectively, it would be stuff that we're hoping will be done, but would be more something that we work in, you know, we don't get involved ideally in the day-to-day -day operations of town staff and the town administrator. We're just take, we're the policy level. We're taking the like, here's our goal, here's our policy we'd like you to work toward this. And then everybody else, and then the town staff and town administrator are doing that day-to-day -day execution. So I think setting these policies will help clear, keep that boundary clean and, um, and just set clear um, expectations that aren't, and uh, as a board to town generally, but also um, for ourselves, right? Because um, we tend to have so many interests and passions. Sometimes these things can get um, diluted. And then um, I think it's just best to maybe give this a go if everybody's okay with that um, and see what we got. Thoughts or questions on the sort of concepts that I'm talking about? So I think the concept's great. I didn't um, have, I haven't given it a look of thought since you, I think it came across yesterday. So I, I just candidly haven't been able to think about this, but I do want to make sure we're differentiating town administrator goals that the board has for the town administrator versus board goals, because I think it's really important to, to your point that you just made to create a very clear delineation um, between those, because um, I don't think one of our goals should be the town administrator goals, right? He, he or she should have their own goals that we, we say, yes, we agree, those are worthy goals. And then we should have very distinct goals and, and there should never should the two meet really, and not, not never, but they really need to be distinct from each other. And that's certainly no, not inconsistent from each other, but-, but um, I think but that's I think true. I get your point and I agree with that. I think on, the reality is that um, we're not paid staff. So we just don't have, the time. I'm not saying that we say, oh, we want this and it, it's a discussion. This isn't Sean's here. I want to hear from him. This isn't about the town administrator. Um, but the reality is if we set a goal of holding a land use summit, I'm just going to give that as a hypothetical example, that's going to require the work of and collaboration of town. So I, that's what I'm talking about in terms of um, setting goals and having it involve town staff as opposed to, you know, intermingling. I, I don't see any more intermingling than that, but on a practical level, I don't see that there's goals that the board can necessarily accomplish in isolation of town staff. I, I mean, am I wrong? I don't know. I'm just, I sound convicted about it, but I actually am just thinking out loud. No, I agree. I mean, that's, I think that I've 
thought about it since um, you sent out the communication about about this idea, and um, I think it's a good idea. I, I think that that's something that I think I agree that we keep them separate, but it's hard to do that <laughs> and takes a conversation about like what makes sense. So um, I don't think it's necessarily clear. I think it's there's a gray area that is um, we need to that is easy to go into as far as like a goal, but I agree like a land use summit's a good example um, of, of a goal I could see setting like this is what we'd like to do. I think part of the struggle I have too is just in terms, and I, I, know, I know what you're doing. So I, and I appreciate like the, like the timeline is important, but it's also like, we're not sticking to it. It's not a performance review, like a self-inflicted right. performance right. review, but it is a conversation where we're saying like, I'd like to have a land use summit this year, right? So if we don't, <laughs> then we didn't meet our goal, but we may not have a land use summit this year because I mean, if we've, if I've learned anything in the year and a half that I've been on the select board is that things happen that we are unexpected <laughs> and out of our control. And those things are happening, you know, when David and I came on board, they continue to happen. So I just think, and, and because of those events take the resources of the staff, then that gets in the way of us achieving our goals. So I just, it's tricky, the amount of control we have, and then also separating for me per, like just separating like this is a goal for me personally but it's also like you said it's it's a goal for the board like you know and it's something that has to be achieved with staff so it's not like hey here's my goal i'll go out and do it it's like here's my goal it requires you know a planner and our senior planner just left right. you know so like a lot of it depends on those details. So I, I think that that's that's the challenge for me as I was thinking I mean, about it. Yeah, I mean, let's just be clear. Like this challenge exists whether we talk about it or not. You know, like oh what yeah, we do, whether we're encroaching on the town administrator or not, just because we talk about it as a goal or just make make a phone call and take up forty five minutes of his time, it's happening. So we might be highlighting an issue that needs resolution period but i'd rather deal with that in this conversation than kind of have it just linger as you know and i'm not saying anyone disagrees again i'm i can hear myself being very adamant but um it's it is it is um i like that that once we you know what what are the boundaries i mean so i don't I, think I it's as gray like as it seems intellectually frankly but so I would throw as much on the wall as you can. I yeah. would really encourage everybody to kind of uh, think big. I, I wouldn't worry about the intersection of the town administrator and the select board at this point. I do think at some point when we get all the ideas up there, we should probably think about how to prioritize and we of should course. then kind of, you know, think about, all right, how do we, how do we have the conversation with the town administrator um, and and really see if we can, you know, align some priorities and really think about, you know, where that strategic dynamic is. Because ultimately, you know, if this works really well, you know, we we support each other and we right. share the responsibilities to lead this town and to do the things that would be impossible if we weren't all pulling our oars in the same direction. I think we've had some 
success uh, with that. And I think, you know, we can continue to, um, you know, find those opportunities. It, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I love to hear the Land Use Board Summit because frankly, it was one of the first things that I suggested when I started. And I, I kind of wonder what would have happened if we had a little bit more of a synergy among the various boards that all share some responsibility to think carefully about uh, these three square miles. Um, that said, you know, it, having select board goals that are uniquely your own and having those prioritized and, and embraced by five select citizens, I mean, that's a powerful statement. And I, I think, you know, if, if we can help you all accomplish a few, you know, shared uh, goals, I think that would be a, a real strategic um, advancement for the town. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I appreciate all that, Sean. Um, and I'm, as you were talking, I'm thinking it is interesting to think if there was less what I would consider kind of synergy or like a, alignment between us, it might become more awkward. But we haven't really encountered that, I don't feel, in terms of, you know, what the way you think and the vision you have and, and the current board's makeup. So I can appreciate that it could could become complicated in theory, but um, it is, you know, I appreciate that we can, you're open to us just throwing things up there and seeing what sticks. And I don't know if I mentioned this, but um, I did in the email that I sent out, but, um, you know, these were really truly like bite, not bite size, but um, realistic, concrete, narrow, well-defined goals. Not like, well, I'd love to have diversity like we would love to have that but like like leave can't. civil service or you know like a summit an event support a know? new position find a you know uh, i mean there are some right specific things that we certainly could identify right and so and you know as they as so so maybe like three or four board goals and like individually whatever one feels they can take on. And um, I will say one other thing about this now that I'm remembering. Um, liaisons are not part of individual. <laughs> I'm going to do my liaison job, which I think is great. It, it can be a lot of work. Um, obviously, membership on, you know, like Peter, you're the school building, you're on the school building committee, that's a voting member, right? And David, you're on the affordable housing chart that's voting. I think those are more time consuming. So that if that's something that you guys, I'm just giving examples. I'm not suggesting that you count that and um, the percentage of you know priority it should take up for you. But um, I, I do think there's a difference liaisons aside um, between a personal goal and um, and the role we might serve as liaisons. So um, yes, but to Sean, your point about um, you know well-defined, narrow, and and just a few uh, goals. So. Um, I do anticipate not going to happen on the 19th anymore, um, but it could happen at the next meeting. Um, and it, maybe we don't need a second meeting, but probably just throwing out ideas with how chatty everyone is tonight. I hopefully it will won't take too long, um, and then we can kind of follow up at the next meeting. We have time to um, to go into everything and maybe narrow them down, make it more concrete. Yeah, I'm, you know, if, if board members all listed five goals and, and priority and yep. then came to your next meeting and just said, hey, look, here are my five goals, um, you might find that you all share 
a few in right. common. May, they may not be exactly the same, but you know, maybe Swampscott needs more environmental um, investments. Maybe there's you know facilities. Maybe there's other things that we're missing. Um, maybe there's a project in the master plan or in the harbor waterfront plan that uh, is never going to get to fruition unless there's some you know real concerted effort. Um, there could be legislative um, priorities. There That's could a good be, idea, Sean. I like uh, that. Any number of things that uh, you could see in best practices in other communities, um, but you're going to have to figure out, you know, what you know what you can kind of put your bandwidth into. Um, as you know, things aren't always easy. So, uh, yeah. the most important things typically um, need uh, an extraordinary amount of work and. Uh, I think we all know that only too well. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, all right, I appreciate your comments, Sean. Um, so I'm just gonna hope that, should I call names? Does anybody wanna share their thoughts? Uh, I'll go. I mean, obviously we need a land use summit. We have so many, there, there's so many changes in zoning, in zoning laws. With uh, with multifamily by right around uh, around transit and there's opportunities for uh, you know for for infrastructure um, for infrastructure investment from uh, you know from the state and uh, we really have to get everyone together um, from planning the zoning um, to community development to the table uh, you know because and there are incredible resources with you know within the affordable housing trust. And, uh, you know, there, there's just so much expertise uh, on that committee. We really need to get uh, those folks involved uh, and talking uh, amongst the various uh, boards much sooner in the process. So I think a land use summit is certainly something that's, that's very, very important. Uh, many of us have already have, have, have stated that. Um, I think, the, uh, I think the, the ability to evaluate uh, opportunities to improve and expand the open space and green space in town is something that we should uh, that we should be talking about and, and and should be a goal for for the board as well as myself. Um, you know, personally, I want to continue to work with town staff to schedule uh, events, both family friendly and adult friendly, uh, to continue to foster community. I think that's going to be incredibly important as we uh, as we come out of this. Uh, you know, what's going this the second year of uh, of a pandemic. I think these uh, these outdoor activities are are something that we're gonna that we're gonna need and we're gonna crave. And we saw from last summer and fall that there's uh, there's obviously a uh, you know there's a demand for it. So let's uh, let's supply it. And uh, you know just another idea that I had was really funding some citizen led initiatives as other towns such as Andover have have uh, have done uh, through town meeting and through uh, through the budget process. Um, you know, I know there was a, uh, you know, there were just, just one example, one small example was uh, composting at the high school. Um, so if we had, if we had a certain amount of money uh, allocated for these citizen led initiatives, that's, that's just something where, uh, you know, where our residents, uh, both young and old can, uh, can bring ideas and, and actually we have a funding source. Uh, for those types of ideas, and just a, a small sum of money can really help uh, make a big difference in in folks' lives. So uh, yeah, Cambridge has a like a whole office dedicated to that. They just have a, of course, but they have, <laughs> but they have a, they have, like, like, they, they have a whole line item um, in their budget every year, 
and it's a process you know there's a committee that reviews the ideas and essentially it's like they once a year they choose what the initiative will be that, that gets cool. that funding whatever it is you know yeah. i mean really i think cool. for them it's not as insignificant money but it's not huge you know it's like in the hundred thousand range right. for us it may be more in like the and the 20 and the 20, 20. yeah <laughs> but again like you know, submit a, submit a proposal you know i'm sorry right no go ahead no no i didn't mean to interrupt i, I had um david what was the like caption though what was your suggest what was the name of that suggestion what was uh the, just the uh, uh, just to have a funding source for citizen-led initiatives within the town of swamp Scott. okay so creating a funding source okay I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. That's cool. All right. Good start. I'll yeah. share, but I'll, David, are you, are you done? Do you have more? Yeah, I'm done. Go ahead. Sure. <laughs> I'll share a couple of mine um, that are, I would say on the, well, so, so one is to, um, you know, within the next year, um, complete a net zero emissions action plan for the town, um, which would mean developing a plan to have net zero emissions in Swampscott by 2050 and probably 50% reduction by 2030, which is very soon, but that's sort of matching the state goals. So devising that plan, coming up with it. When we talked with folks on the Renewable Energy Committee, they're they're putting together that climate action coalition. So some work is being done. Um, but for me, I think that's a, I think a town and board goal, but personally, I think that piece of a climate plan is something that I can put a lot of energy towards because that's something I have familiarity with um, when it comes to the resiliency and, um, you know, some of the, what the conservancy works on in terms of like native plantings, organics, that's a different part of sort of a more um, comprehensive climate action plan. So I I'd imagine this action plan would be part of something bigger, um, but could be done in its own silo. So that's definitely a goal that I have this year, which I wish, um, I appreciate the process because I wish I sort of established that goal when I first started, because I feel like all this time gone and I've not a lot of I know progress has happened. Mm -hmm. I have that. um, so that's, that's one, I think another that I, you know, certainly shared with Sean um, and is something that like currently working on is, I guess I would describe it as um, creating a comprehensive um, athletic field conditions assessment and maintenance and improvement plan um, for the town because I, it feels like we haven't really focused that um, in a way that we need to and um, you know, there, there are certainly like action items and subsets of that that have to do with like the turf field replacement and, and that sort of thing. But that I think overall is how I would describe um, that goal. So I think those are two, two of the major ones that I'm thinking about right now. Those are really good. Um... Peter, I know you hadn't given it a lick of thought, but maybe you think quickly. So perhaps um, you've thought of a few things. Don't give me too much credit. I'm good for now. I like the ideas that David and, and Neil put forward. 
Okay. So, um, all right, I feel really boring. Um, so my list of ideas <laughs> um, is uh, obviously the Land Use Summit, because um, I've mentioned it a bunch of times. I don't know whether it's part of that or um, like a subsection of that or separate from that is the um, housing, is it just the housing master plan or is there another word I'm missing in that title? Housing, affordable housing master plan or is it just the house? housing production plan? Um, I think we need to really just that we need to, you know, put the period on that and um, and not put it in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> so um, whether that happens as part of the land use summit as a goal of the land use summit as an outcome of the land use summit, uh, you know, but um, I think the housing production plan, um, you know, could really use that focus. It kind of it's it's um, just important. And it takes up a lot of I think each individual members thoughts and it comes up again and again, you know, so I think it will be helpful. Um, I uh, was thinking just based on the out, uh, after town meeting, the last town meeting, entering the contracts um, with the outstanding, fulfilling, filling the outstanding contracts. Obviously, we wouldn't get in the operation, but just helping support Sean in whatever way we can to kind of get those. Um, the collective bargaining contracts? Thank you. Yeah. It's late. Yeah. Um, and, um, and also to your point, Sean, about what you were mentioning earlier about the HR position and, um, the other positions that you're hiring for. So just continuing to fill the positions at town hall so that you have the support you need, um, and you have the people in place that you need and some of the goals that you want to accomplish as well, that we want to accomplish, like the DEI director, um, and, and such to get, you know, you have so many um, visions and um, good ideas and and the and the ability to do it and we just need to get we need to help get you to that position. It's not necessarily anything we can do, but I do think as a board to help support you in whatever way we can to get that done um, would be helpful. Um, and then I really liked the idea personally the select board handbook um, and then because I'm so exciting. Um, the code of conduct handbook is going to be right on the heels of that. Um, shouldn't take as long. I don't think it's slightly more generic in the sense of less specific to town charter and such, but um, and bylaws. So um, code of conduct. And then in my ideal world, <laughs> um, I also would like to have I don't know whether this is a goal for this year, but I'm putting it out there. Um, I really would like to have individual boards and committees sort of creating their own sort of mini handbook like what is their parameters and what are the boundaries of their you know you often go to meetings I think we might have talked about this as a group and just been like wait is that something we should weigh in on I'm not really sure if that's what you know so I think it'd be an interesting exercise if nothing else once the select board handbook is done and the code of conduct is done to have individual committees and boards have that conversation among themselves, not that we would control it, but just have and then see how they all kind of collaborate, I think would be really interesting and important. Um, but uh, those are my personal goals and then manage to not wither away as chair for the time being. Uh, that's another goal. 
Um, so I think the legislative priority, Sean, that you mentioned, I really like that idea. Hadn't even thought about it. And I think that's really cool. And I think as a board to come up with, and again, this is just something we can think about over the next couple of weeks, like one goal that we all are passionate about, whether it's like the waterfront or whatever, uh, or King's Beach, the outfall, um, <clears throat> where we kind of all band together as the board with Sean priority that's important to you and work with the legislature to kind of push like a single focused initiative that really benefits the town. I think that would be really, I think that'd be really neat. Um, so, and important obviously, but um, I don't have any particular ideas. Obviously, Sean, I think you are a wellspring of ideas. So you probably have some in mind that could be practical to kind of work with our local representatives to push forward, but um, we can think about it more too as individuals if you guys are interested, so. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I think Sean, your what do you think? plan and, and your harbor and waterfront plan or your housing production plan or, you know, frankly, some of the conversations that you've had about the housing authority, like all those, you know, uh, plans, but initiatives, I think, you know, speak to the board's interests and, you know, from different times and places, you know, I've heard some very compelling um advocacy and so it may may be helpful to kind of coalesce around a few of those okay can't do, you do it other... all you gotta kind of pick and choose that's the hard thing you gotta oh i was just gonna say the next thing i didn't want to cut you off with ideas that you had but i will be numbering things at some point and expect everybody to weigh in on the numbers we're defining this and we're doing it i mean that's unless you guys outvote me um, and you can, but short of that, um, we're narrowing this down. And, and this is, I, I, I think it's, an, I think it's important. I think it's, you know, it's again, we, you've got, um, you know, the FAA and the flight path and you've got, you know, um, a, a capital improvement plan and there's projects that, you know, frankly, you know, could exist in that plan that may not be there. Uh, there's lots of things that um, I would think as a, a select board, you you could just take a quick look at and figure out, you know, what's, what's your top five and then come back and, and prioritize. Right, guys? Yeah, I mean, along those lines, I it's not a goal, but it's just when I was thinking about this, um this week it's it's like i i think at some point this year i would like to dust off speaking of summits we, when we had that ideas summit that you know whenever that was um i'd like to the good old well, days. revisit the summit. ideas that were presented <laughs> look into <laughs> those ideas again because i thought i mean i just i was there and i remember there were some really great ideas but just like have we pursuit like what have we pursued what have we not i have no sense of that i mean i know like library of things was something that came up at that summit and i know polly like you have been talking to the library about that now so that's great but i think that there are certainly a lot of ideas that have come out like you said and then they just sort of go off into the ether that um because everyone's busy so i guess that i could establish that's not a huge goal but just to sort of revisit those ideas like where do they live are they in some right. sort of time capsule buried under the town hall mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah so that 
that's a, that's one thought. Yeah, I and if anyone needs help, you know, thinking about what they might, you know, want to suggest, that's a good. That's also a good place to to look. Um, so, but I'm serious. I mean, does anybody oppose this idea? Because otherwise, I I mean, it's it's worthless to have this conversation and then not actually pin down two, three, four goals that we're gonna do and commit to them. It's obviously not to the exclusion of everything else. Like you said, Sean, there's endless things, the flight pattern, we're gonna have our meetings, we're gonna prepare our meetings, we're gonna write letters, we're, we're have other goals, but just, you know, I, I think it's obvious what I'm what the idea is here. So I, I don't mean it to be overly um, restrictive in, in where our energy goes. It's just meant to actually help us be more focused and productive. So. In, in a way that we're interested in. It's not just in a vacuum, so. Um, opposition, support, other thoughts? Yeah, I totally support the idea. I, I have to think about like the numbering of goals and sort of that piece of it is, I don't know. I just have to think about that a little bit. <laughs> like how we, organize it once we have sort of brainstorming right. you know list of goals like how that plays out you know mm -hmm. but the idea i'm supportive i think it's it's great and just i mean one goal is like just more sharing of what we're doing is essentially what we're doing now so um i think that's helpful so we're not all just working on our own stuff right Okay. Anything else? Thank you, Neil. Um, all right, so uh, that's that agenda item. I'm gonna put it on, not for the 19th, but for the next meeting and hope and expect um, you guys to come back with some more ideas and hopefully narrowing down ideas. Um, I have a list here so I can send that out to you guys and um, we can work from there and add to it or not. Um, obviously we have to the open meeting law, but in your own in your own list, so when we come back, we can all be working on the same basic ideas. Okay, so um, the next agenda item is votes of the board, and this is the approval of the consent agenda. The consent agenda is designed to expedite the handling of. Actually, I don't think I'm going to read all that because I think the consent agenda is just voting to approve the minutes from December 15, 2021. That is the next item on our agenda. Motion to approve. Second. David, you move to approve? Yep. Okay, there's second. Second. All right. All in favor? Peter Spelios? Aye. David Grishman? Aye. Neil Duffy? Aye. Okay, I'm also an aye. Um, all right. And that's it. Um, select board time. Anyone? Okay. Um, all right. Thank you everyone very much. Um, don't forget to log back into our thrilling executive session happening after this uh, to board members. And Holly, um, I think we actually have to make we have to make the motion in public session to return to executive session and to announce that we will not be coming back to public session at the end of the executive session. 
Does that count as an announcement? Sounds well, not announcement, a motion. So I move that the select board adjourn the public meeting and enter con continue the executive session, which was continued from earlier tonight, and that the conclusion of the executive session, the select board will not be reconvened into public session. Okay. Will what? I'm sorry. Will not be reconvening in public session. Is there a second? Second. All in favor, Peter Spelios, you motioned. David Grishman. Yes. Neil Duffy. Yep. Okay, I'm also an I. Okay. Thank you, everyone. Thank Talk you. To you all soon. Have a good night. Good night. Thanks. Thanks, Joe.